Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners in resident-owned communities, brought to you by Rock USA. I am not Paul Bradley. I'm Mike Bullard. Paul it was unavailable for today's interview, and so I'm going solo. But not to worry, we have a great guest for you today. We're joined by Rock Association Board President Marjorie Gilsrud. Marjorie's leading the Rock Association through some new change. She and the other two Rock Association directors, Deb Winowitz from Massachusetts and John Egan from Colorado, are fresh back from a great trip to Washington, D.C., which you'll hear more about in just a few minutes. But first, a little background on Marjorie. Marjorie Gilsrud is the board president of Medelia Mobile Village in Medelia, Minnesota. She's been an active participant on the national level for quite some time now. She's attended numerous Rock Leadership Institutes and Community Leadership Institutes, three I'm Home conferences, and recently served as a peer mentor for the virtual Better Together Leadership Program. She's active with All Parks Alliance for Change and the Minnesota Manufactured Homeowners Association. And when she's not volunteering her time for the Rock Association initiatives, she's helping people in her professional life too. You'll hear about that in just another minute. Well, Marjorie Gilsred, we are thrilled to have you here today on Ownership Matters. Marjorie is an elected Rock Association director, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, Marjorie, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hello, I'm Marjorie Gilsrud, and I'm from Medelia, Minnesota, out here in the Prairie Lands, just a small town of about 2,400. And I am our Rock Association president. I'm the Medelia Mobile Village Cooperatives president as well. And I got involved from attending some of the RLIs, and I figured that it was something that interests me, and I wanted to continue to grow and to learn more about the Rock Association and what Rock had to offer. And I also want to help others. I've always had a passion for helping others. So. Excellent. Marjorie, what do you do when you're not busy serving your community, both there in the co-op and co-ops nationwide? I work as a DSP or PCA. So I help those that are disabled. Some have traumatic brain injury. And then I also help the elderly with being able to stay at their home, providing them with some of their health care and their daily life skills. So you definitely are in the helping business day in, day out. Sun up to sundown. That's wonderful. Yeah. Marjorie, I think before we talk about what the Rock Association is doing, it would be helpful for our listeners if you could just explain to them what is the Rock Association, right? We're all part of the Rock Association. Every Rock community out there is a part of the Rock Association. When it comes to voting, your property or your community gets one vote so that it's equal. So if you live in a community that has 400 homes and I live in a community that has 50 homes, you don't have like 400 votes and I have 50 votes. We have one vote. So we have a equal say depending on, you know, so our size of our community doesn't matter. And the Rock Association, we have the elections and there's right now it's three regions. There's the Mountain West, there's the New England, and then there's the Midwest. And each region has one representative or one director. And then that person represents all of the communities that are in 
their region. And so that we as the residents of the rocks have a voice in what's going on. And then the three directors, they serve on the Rock USA Board of Directors as well. So you are Paul Bradley's bosses. I guess if you want to look at it, yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So recently, in the last few years, the Rock Association directors have really, I think it's fair to say, taken a hard look at what they're doing, what they want to do as an association, and really started to ramp up activity. You all have established a couple of committees, the Outreach and Education Committee and the Policy and Advocacy Committee, and those committees are also refining their mission. So, Marjorie, I think if you could take a minute and just talk about some of the ways that you as a director, in conjunction with the other directors and the committee members, are really putting pencil to paper and defining what it is you want to do. What are some of the top goals? Well, the top goal, I would say, is just that we want people to be involved, you know, to help others. And like, for example, with the policy and advocacy committee, like some of the bills that we're, you know, trying to help people with, like the opportunity to purchase. Well, why would we have to help with opportunity to purchase? We already own our communities and our land. The thing of it is, is we realize how much value that brought to us. I mean, you don't have the fear of your land being sold out from underneath your home. And we want others to have that sense of security that we have. So it isn't necessarily that we're fighting for things that we want. Sometimes it's fighting for things that we have that we want others to experience that joy and sense of security. Excellent. Now, how about on the other side, on the outreach and education side? I know that there were Rock Association committee people and directors who were involved in speaking to a group of residents in Missouri who were considering becoming a co-op or becoming a Rock, right? Were you one of those people? Yes, I was. And what were some of the questions that folks came with and how did you address that? What were common concerns? One was like, for example, like, will our rent go up and different things like that? And I said, well, that is going to vary from community to community. Some they do, some they don't. But then to say that if it does, you have to look at the fact that like prior to moving into resident-owned community, like clockwork in the community that I lived in before, every six months, it went up 20 bucks. So that's $40 a year. And it wasn't, oh, that's just one time. It was $40 every year. So then if you figured, okay, Let's say if our rent goes up $50 because of coming to community, but then it's going to stay like that for a while unless you guys choose to add something or needing to do work. And there's some communities, some rocks that I know from talking to some of the people, like they maybe raised their rent, you know, $50, but five years later, they were able to lower it 75 because they had already made up that difference in the money. So that was one of the things. And then just like, well, how do you do it? You know, we're just normal Joe Schmo people. We're not professionals. And the thing of it is, is that you'll have technical assistance providers available to you that will be able to assist you. And there's the Rock Association that once you join, you can be a part of and you can choose how involved you want to be. And like I'm coming to you from the Rock Association Outreach and Education Committee, we can come in and we can help you. So let's say the secretary has never been secretary before. We can talk to another secretary and bring them in and maybe they mentor them. So there's so many different avenues that that we can help with. 
That sounds great. What a huge resource that I'm sure people who who went through the purchase process 25 years ago and this didn't exist are thinking, wow, if only back then, right? But now they have the chance to be that mentor. Right. So Marjorie, let's change gears a little bit and talk about your recent trip to Washington, D.C. with the other association directors. You had, a, as I understand it, a really full agenda. There was a strategic planning session where you're helping sort of guide the next several years of, of what Rock USA is focusing on. There was a board meeting. You had your own association board meeting. And then you spent some time visiting the staff of a couple of U.S. senators to speak on behalf of, well, you tell me. <laughs> what were you doing in those congressional offices? It sounds pretty exciting. Well, actually, my flight arrived a little early. So besides going to speak with two of the U.S. senators' staff, I also got to go to the House of Representatives side and meet with the staff from there also. And it was, at first, to be honest, I was a little nervous, like, oh, my God, these are like big wigs, you know, (laughs) or whatever. But then it was, I got there, and I was just like, Oh, okay. Wow. And it's just like, you know, you just got to tell your story. And there's nothing that I could write down or prepare or anything. And what we were going for with the infrastructure, I just had told my story. I'm living in a community right now where we don't have a storm shelter. We live in Tornado Alley. And I just had said, you know, come September, what we use as a storm shelter now won't be available to us. So now we're trying to find what we can do. And so I just had said, if we had, you know, these funds available, it would be a great resource that we could have an option to, you know, build a storm shelter to have our people be safe. So we got to do two trips, or I got to do two trips to Capitol Hill. And the second one that the three of us were in, it was just an amazing feeling. We were with Senator Bennett's staff from Colorado, and it made us feel good because they had actually asked us if we could stay longer because they had additional questions for us. And it kind of made a little bit of a personal thing because the staffer, she were on from Minnesota. She had went to school in Minnesota and not too far from where I live. And so we kind of made that connection too. And then John, the Mountain West director, he lives in Colorado. So he did a lot of the speaking for that one where that was his state. And, you know, Deb had some great resources too. And we just all told our stories and why we thought it was important. I have to imagine that the story about the lack of a storm shelter must have really resonated with the staffer who's from Minnesota and knows what that danger is like, right? Right. Yep. And so remind me, you said a while back when we were talking, you said that there actually was a tornado that came through Medelia not too long ago, right? Yeah. In December of all times. And so that's why I was saying, you know, come September and people, oh, you'll be fine till spring. You'll have time to find something. Well, not necessarily. Is it common to have tornadoes in December? No, but middle of December last year, we had ended up having tornadoes and we didn't have one in our town, but within like a 10, 15 mile radius, we had tornadoes. So I mean, close enough, right? Yeah, right. And I know that a couple of hours up the road in Fridley, Park Plaza Cooperative built a new storm shelter recently. 
to replace a really uh, small and unpowered underground one. But they also built this with a community center in mind. And so not only is it a place where residents can go in the event of a storm, but it's also a place to hang out when the weather's beautiful too, right? Yes, and that's what we are looking at. In Minnesota here, my community, we benefited from a grant in which we got 700,000 to help with a water sewer project with an infrastructure. And we're in the process of doing that now. And the bids came in a little bit under where they were supposed to. So we had extra money. So we got permission, we had asked them if we would be able to rough in utilities where we would like to potentially put a future storm shelter. And we got the approval to do that. So that will be a nice step for actually this fall, we're hoping to be able to apply for a grant for a storm shelter. Well, that's some really smart thinking ahead. While the equipment's there, while the stuff is there, that's great. Marjorie, any idea roughly how much it would cost Medelia to put in a storm shelter big enough for your community's needs? I know that it's over a million or right around that area. So it's not cheap (laughs) by any means. And where most of the people that live in the resident are low income. So, I mean, it's affordable housing. So it isn't like we have hundreds or thousands of dollars in the savings that we can just each all go pull out and give to the community because that's just something that we don't have. No, of course not. That would only be possible in very few neighborhoods of any kind all across the country, right? I mean, that's really why this funding bill is so important that you and Deb Winowitz and John Egan, the other Rock Association directors, were in D.C. to advocate for. Because with that funding, that would go a long way toward bringing down the cost to the Rock members of building a million-dollar storm shelter. But really, cheap insurance in the event of a tornado, right? Right. And one of the things that came out of how you mentioned Fridley and them building the storm shelter. So they use that as kind of a guideline or model. And our TA provider had worked at, okay, what works, what doesn't, and worked with engineers to kind of put things together apart to be affordable. And so it's one of those that we would potentially be looking at. So they kind of did that for other communities that don't have storm shelters either. Sure. I mean, that's the benefit of being in touch with your peer communities, be they in the same state or across the country. If one of you built a storm shelter and paid for the engineering and the blueprints, you know, one would think a lot of that could go toward the same idea in in another community. It may not be exactly the same. It might not fit exactly the same way, but there's some cost savings there, right? That would be really meaningful down the road. And even on smaller projects, you know, a shelter at the bus stop for the kids to wait for the bus out of the elements, right? Or what you had to do to get a mailbox structure put in place. And there's no reason that the one that worked in Medelia wouldn't work in Fridley or Plymouth, Mass, or Clackamas, Oregon, for that matter, right? Right. You don't have to recreate the wheel. So Marjorie, Rock Association, you're doing some big picture planning. Is there the need for more Rock leaders to join and to help? And what could they be doing? Yes, absolutely there is. Right now we're in the process tonight, so last night, of Learning Institute that some of the community leaders have been attending the whole month of June. And 
we had shared with some of them, our committees, and out of that we got probably about like five or six to join each committee, but then just letting other people know. And when we, like the Outreach and Education Committee, when we speak at some of the, to some of the other like leaders in the communities, we let them know that every first Wednesday of the month, we have a Better Together call and we choose topics of interest that people have questions about. We um, choose some of those and we get guest speakers you know, if you have a concerning issue of, oh my God, I you know we have this here problem, you can bring it up to the other leaders. And say, oh yeah, we had something like that happen, you know, and maybe the state laws will be different. Maybe they won't, but at least gives you an idea to start of something to look at. And maybe, you know, you can have, get some solutions for your problem or your issues. Great. So I know that if folks go to rockassociation.org, They can find links there where they can see the meetings that are coming up. They can click in to request more information about joining committee or about having somebody from the committees come speak to their community. I'm wondering, some of the people who are listening may be thinking, I'd like to get involved, but you know, I don't really want to go talk to a congressperson. That that's intimidating. That's a big lift. What are some of the other things that somebody could start out doing to help? What's the commitment like? As far as the commitment. You can help as much as you want to help. If you don't feel comfortable talking in front of others, you don't have to talk in front of others. It's whatever you feel comfortable. And you might start out not feeling comfortable talking, but then you may grow. I have seen several people where they were like that, "Mm, you know, I'll talk to you, but I ain't going up in front of the room in front of that microphone and talking to the whole big group. And, you know, three, four years later, they're up there talking and it's sometimes hard to get them off the mic. Like, come on, you got to move on to the next. There's so many different levels of professionalism and different backgrounds. I think sometimes there's still that stigma of everybody that lives in a manufactured home is low income, low jobs, you know, but there's still there's people that. They might have had a big house and all that kind of stuff, but maybe they're downsizing as their kids have all moved on. I just found out there was some of them and different things. Oh, they used to do right things with grants and do loan stuff at one time. It's like, wow, seriously? You know, so maybe it's somebody that's helping somebody with some of that kind of stuff. Sure. All kinds of expertise out there. It's just a matter of finding it, right? So Marjorie, one of the things that uh, a little bird told me coming out of your most recent Rock Association board meeting, or annual meeting rather, was discussion around expanding the board of directors, which currently sits at three. What's going on there? Well, for a while, the Rock Association directors, for as much as the Rock Association is growing, I believe it's something like 54 or 56 new communities that have joined since we had our last in-person RLI in June of 2019. So my area, for example, within the Midwest, I live here in Minnesota. I got Minnesota and Wisconsin. I have Texas. I have North Carolina, New York. It's a pretty widespread area. Sure and is. One person. You know, plus there's other areas. I didn't name every state, but just to give you an idea of how we're spread out, 
And then the Mountain West is pretty spread out. New England states is a small area, but they have a lot of communities. So we were like, you know, we're only one person for getting the representation. So we were like, if we could have additional help to be able to reach out to the association members to be able to communicate with them more, that it would be helpful that we feel that we were reaching more of the people. So in June 1st, we had our annual meeting. So we took it in front of those that had came, the idea of adding to our board of directors for the Rock Association. It would still be the three elected that would serve on the Rock USA board of directors. Mm -hmm. But then we were looking at adding additional board members and it got a favorable response. So we're in the process of putting together the details of that. And because it would be a change in the bylaws, it would require a vote. In the near future, there should probably be a vote that will go out to all of the communities and a chance for them to vote in favor of expanding the board size or leaving it as is. Okay, great. So message to all of you rock leaders out there, right? Be on the lookout for a ballot coming your way that will ask you to vote whether or not you think it's a good idea to expand the size of the Rock Association Director Board. And it'll be critically important for every community to vote because there is, of course, a quorum, just like you need a quorum on your own board votes. And so we'll need to hit that to make that vote official. And then also the Rock Association Director for the Midwest that will be coming up. And like sometimes there might be two or three people running for a position, but sometimes there's only one. And another thing to remember, you think, oh, there's only one person running. Well, I'm not going to vote. They'll just automatically get it. Well, that's not the case. Yes, they'll probably get it, but they have to have quorum. So regardless of you're one person running or three people running, you have to have form in order to be elected into the position. So is this an early announcement that you are running again? I do plan on running again, yes. All right. Well, Marjorie, thank you very much for joining us on Ownership Matters. I think this has been super fun and super informative for not just me, but for our listeners as well. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, you heard it here first. There are big plans in the works for the Rock Association. Their future plans for board expansion and the work of the community sounds pretty exciting. I'm excited to see everything they accomplish here in the next few years, and we'd like to take a moment to remind listeners that the Rock Association Committees, Outreach and Education Committee, and the Policy and Advocacy Committee are always looking for new members. You can find more information there by simply going to www.rockassociation.org. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Ownership Matters. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.